Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam. Third Canto, Chapter 20, Texts 40 through 53. The creation of Sadhyas, Pitas, Siddhas, Vidyadharas, and others. And Chapter 21, Conversation between Manu and Kardamamoni. Texts 1 through 7. As a reminder, these podcasts are audio companions to a free online study at our website, sarusangaonline.com. If you would like to delve deeper into studying Srimad Bhagavatam with other devotees, please join us. These podcasts and our online study series are made possible by contributions from devotees. To offer your support, please use the links on our website homepage or send donations through PayPal to sarusangaonline at gmail.com. Thank you. Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, Chapter 20, Text 40. The glorious Brahma next evolved from his sloth the ghosts and fiends, but he closed his eyes when he saw them stand naked with their hair scattered. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Ghosts and mischievous hobgoblins are also the creation of Brahma. They are not faults. All of them are meant for putting the conditioned soul into various miseries. They are understood to be the creation of Brahma under the direction of the Supreme Lord. Text 41 The ghosts and hobgoblins took possession of the body thrown off in the form of yawning by Brahma the creator of the living entities. This is also known as the sleep which causes drooling. The hobgoblins and ghosts attack men who are impure, and their attack is spoken of as insanity. Report by Srila Prabhupada The disease of insanity, or being haunted by ghosts, takes place in an unclean state of existence. Here, it is clearly stated that when a man is fast asleep and saliva flows from his mouth and he remains unclean, ghosts then take advantage of his unclean state and haunt his body. In other words, those who drool while sleeping are considered unclean and are subject to be haunted by ghosts or to go insane. Text 42 Recognizing himself to be full of desire and energy, the worshipful Brahma, the creator of the living entities, evolved from his own invisible form, from his navel, the hosts of sadhyas and pitas. 
purport by Srila Prabhupada. The sajjas and pitas are invisible forms of departed souls, and they are also created by Brahma. Text 43. The pitas themselves took possession of the invisible body, the source of their existence. It is through the medium of this invisible body that those well-versed in the rituals offer oblations to the sajjas and pitas in the form of their departed ancestors on the occasion of Shraddha. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda Shraddha is a ritualistic performance observed by the followers of the Vedas. There is a yearly occasion of 15 days when ritualistic religionists follow the principles of offering oblations to departed souls. Thus, those fathers and ancestors who, by freaks of nature, might not have a gross body for material enjoyment, can again gain such bodies due to the offering of Shraddha oblations by their descendants. The performance of Shraddha, or offering oblations with prasad, is still current in India, especially at Gaya, where oblations are offered at the feet of Vishnu in a celebrated temple. Because the Lord is thus pleased with the devotional service of the descendants, by His grace, He liberates the condemned souls of forefathers who do not have gross bodies, and He favors them to again receive a gross body for development of spiritual advancement. Unfortunately, by the influence of Maya, the conditioned soul employs the body he gets for sense gratification forgetting that such an occupation may lead him to return to an invisible body. The devotee of the Lord, or one who is in Krishna consciousness, however, does not need to perform such ritualistic ceremonies as Shraddha, because he is always pleasing the Supreme Lord. Therefore, his fathers and ancestors, who might have been in difficulty, are automatically relieved. The vivid example is Prahlad Maharaj. Prahlad Maharaj requested Lord Nishringadev to deliver his sinful father, who had so many times offended the lotus feet of the Lord. The Lord replied that in a family where a Vaishnav like Prahlad is born, not only his father, but his father's father and their fathers, up to the fourteenth father back, are all automatically delivered. The conclusion, therefore, is that Krishna consciousness is the sum total of all good work for the family, for society, and for all living entities. In the Chaitanya Charitamrita, the author says that a person fully conversant with Krishna consciousness does not perform any rituals because he knows that, simply by serving Krishna, in full Krishna consciousness, all rituals are automatically performed.
Text 44. Then Brahma, by his ability to be hidden from vision, created the Siddhas and Vidyadharas, and gave them that wonderful form of his known as Antardhan. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Antardhan means that these living entities can be perceived to be present, but they cannot be seen by vision. Texts 45 and 46 One day, Brahma, the creator of the living entities, beheld his own reflection in the water, and admiring himself, he evolved Kim Purushas as well as Kinaras out of that reflection. The Kim Purushas and Kinaras took possession of that shadowy form left by Brahma. That is why they and their spouses sing his praises by recounting his exploits at every daybreak. Purport by Srila Prabhupada The time, early in the morning, one and a half hours before sunrise, is called Brahma Muhurta. During this Brahma Muhurta, spiritual activities are recommended. Spiritual activities performed early in the morning have a greater effect than in any other part of the day. Texts 47 through 53. Once, Brahma lay down with his body stretched at full length. He was very concerned that the work of creation had not proceeded apace, and in a sullen mood, he gave up that body too. O Vidura, the hair that dropped from that body transformed into snakes. And even while the body crawled along with its hand and feet contracted, there sprang from it ferocious serpents and nagas with their hoods expanded. One day, Brahma, the self-born, the first living creature, felt as if the object of his life had been accomplished. At that time he evolved from his mind the Manus, who promote the welfare activities of the universe. The self-possessed creator gave them his own human form. On seeing the Manus, those who had been created earlier, the demigods, the Gandharvas, and so on, applauded Brahma, the lord of the universe. They prayed, O creator of the universe, we are glad. What you have produced is well done. Since ritualistic acts have now been established soundly in this human form, we shall all share the sacrificial oblations. Having equipped himself with austere penance, adoration, mental concentration, and absorption in devotion, accompanied by dispassion, and having controlled his senses, Brahma, the self-born living creature, evolved great sages 
as his beloved sons. To each of these sons, the unborn creator of the universe gave part of his own body, which was characterized by deep meditation, mental concentration, supernatural power, austerity, adoration, and renunciation. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the third canto, 20th chapter of the Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled Conversation Between Maitreya and Vidura. Srimad Bhagavatam, 3rd Canto, Chapter 21 Conversation between Manu and Kardama Text 1 Vidura said, The line of Swayambhuva Manu was most esteemed. O worshipable sage, I beg you, give me an account of this race, whose progeny multiplied through sexual intercourse. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Regulated sex to generate good population is worth accepting. Actually, Vidura was not interested in hearing the history of persons who merely engaged in sex life. But he was interested in the progeny of Swayambhuva Manu, because in that dynasty, good devotee kings appeared, who protected their subjects very carefully with spiritual knowledge. By hearing the history of their activities, therefore, one becomes more enlightened. An important word used in this connection is parama samatha, which indicates that the progeny created by Swayambhuva Manu and his sons was approved by the great authorities. In other words, sex life for creating exemplary population is acceptable to all sages and authorities of Vedic scripture. Text 2 The two great sons of Svayambhuvamanu, Priyavrata and Uttanapada, ruled the world, consisting of seven islands, just according to religious principles. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Srimad Bhagavatam is also a history of the great rulers of different parts of the universe. In this verse, the names of Priyavrata and Uttanapada, sons of Svayambhuva, are mentioned. They ruled the earth, which is divided into seven islands. These seven islands are still current, as Asia, Europe, Africa, America, Australia, and the North and South Poles. There is no chronological history of all the Indian kings in Srimad Bhagavatam, but the deeds of the most important kings, such as Priyavrata and Uttanapada, and many others, like Lord Ramachandra, 
and Maharaj Yudhisthira are recorded because the activities of such pious kings are worth hearing. People may benefit by studying their histories. Text 3. O holy Brahman, O sinless one, you have spoken of his daughter, known by the name Devahuti, as the wife of the sage, Kardama, the lord of created beings. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Here we are speaking of Swayambhuvamanu, but in Bhagavad Gita, we hear about Vaivasvata Manu. The present age belongs to the Vaivasvata Manu. Swayambhuva Manu was previously ruling, and his history begins from the Varaha age, or the millennium when the Lord appeared as the boar. There are 14 Manus in one day of the life of Brahma, and in the life of each Manu, there are particular incidents. The Vaivasvata Manu of Bhagavad Gita is different from Swayambhuva Manu. Text 4. How many offspring did that great yogi beget through the princess, who was endowed with eightfold perfections in the yoga principles? Oh, pray, tell me this, for I am eager to hear it. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. Here, Vidura inquired about Kardamamuni and his wife, Devahuti, and about their children. It is described here that Devahuti was very much advanced in the performance of eightfold yoga. The eight divisions of yoga performance are described as 1. Control of the senses, 2. Strict following of the rules and regulations. 3. Practice of the different sitting postures. 4. Control of the breath. 5. Withdrawing the senses from sense objects. 6. Concentration of the mind. 7. Meditation. and 8. Self-realization. After self-realization, there are eight further perfectional stages, which are called yoga siddhis. The husband and wife, Kardama and Devahuti, were advanced in yoga practice. The husband was a maha-yogi, a great mystic, and the wife was a yoga-lakshana, or one advanced in yoga. They united and produced children. Formerly, after making their lives perfect, great sages and saintly persons used to beget children. Otherwise, they strictly observed the rules and regulations of celibacy. Brahmacharya, following the rules and regulations of celibacy, is required for perfection of self-realization and mystic power. There is no recommendation in the Vedic scriptures 
that one can go on enjoying material sense gratification at one's whims, as one likes, and at the same time become a great meditator by paying a rascal some money. Text 5. O holy sage, please tell me how the worshipful Ruchi and Daksha, the sons of Brahma, generated children after securing as their wives the two other daughters of Swayambhuvamanu. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. All the great personalities who increased the population in the beginning of creation are called prajapatis. Brahma is also known as a prajapati, as were some of his later sons. Swayambhuvamanu is also known as a prajapati, as is Daksha, another son of Brahma. Swayambhuva had two daughters, Akuti and Prasuti. The Prajapati Ruchi married Akuti, and Daksha married Prasuti. These couples and their children produced immense numbers of children to populate the entire universe. Vidura's inquiry was, how did they beget the population in the beginning? Text 6. The great sage Maitreya replied, Commanded by Lord Brahma to beget children in the worlds, the worshipful Kardamamuni practiced penance on the bank of the river Sarasvati for a period of 10,000 years. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. It is understood herein that Kardamamuni meditated in yoga for 10,000 years before attaining perfection. Similarly, we have information that Valmiki Muni also practiced yoga meditation for 60,000 years before attaining perfection. Therefore, yoga practice can be successfully performed by persons who have a very long duration of life such as 100,000 years. In that way, it is possible to have perfection in yoga. Otherwise, there is no possibility of attaining the real perfection. Following the regulations, controlling the senses, and practicing the different sitting postures are merely the preliminary practices. We do not know how people can be captivated by the bogus yoga system in which it is stated that simply by meditating 15 minutes daily, one can attain the perfection of becoming one with God. This age, Kali Yuga, is the age of bluffing and quarrel. Actually, there is no possibility of attaining yoga perfection by such paltry proposals. The Vedic literature, for emphasis, clearly states three times 
that in this age of Kali, Kalo Nasteva, 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 there is no other alternative, no other alternative, no other alternative than Harinam, chanting the holy name of the Lord. Text 7. During that period of penance, the sage Kardama, by worship through devotional service in trance, propitiated the personality of Godhead, who is the quick bestower of all blessings upon those who flee to him for protection. Report by Srila Prabhupada the significance of meditation is described here. Kardamamuni practiced mystic yoga meditation for 10,000 years just to please the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari. Therefore, whether one practices yoga or speculates or does not research to find God, one's efforts must be mixed with the process of devotion. Without devotion, nothing can be perfect. The target of perfection and realization is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. In the sixth chapter of Bhagavad Gita, it is clearly said that one who constantly engages in Krishna consciousness is the topmost yogi. The Personality of Godhead, Hari, also fulfills the desires of his surrendered devotee. One has to surrender unto the lotus feet of the Personality of Godhead, Hari, or Krishna, in order to achieve real success. Devotional service, or engagement in Krishna consciousness, is the direct method, and all other methods, although recommended, are indirect. In this age of Kali, the direct method is especially more feasible than the indirect because people are short-living, their intelligence is poor, and they are poverty-stricken and embarrassed by so many miserable disturbances. Lord Chaitanya, therefore, has given the greatest boon. In this age, one simply has to chant the holy name of God to attain perfection in spiritual life. The words Sampropedi Harim mean that in various ways, Kardamamuni satisfied the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Hari, by his devotional service. Devotional service is also expressed by the words Kriya Yogena. Kardamamuni not only meditated, but also engaged in devotional service. To attain perfection in yoga practice or meditation, one must act in devotional service by hearing, chanting, remembering, etc. Remembering is meditation also. But who is to be remembered? One should remember the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Not only must one remember the Supreme Person, one must hear about the activities of the Lord and chant His glories. This information is in the authoritative scriptures. After engaging himself for 10,000 years in performing different types of devotional service, Kardamamuni attained the perfection of meditation, 
But that is not possible in this age of Kali, wherein it is very difficult to live for as much as 100 years. At the present moment, who will be successful in the rigid performance of many yoga rules and regulations? Moreover, perfection is attained only by those who are surrendered souls, where there is no mention of the personality of Godhead, where is their surrender? And where there is no meditation upon the personality of Godhead, where is the yoga practice? Unfortunately, people in this age, especially persons who are of demoniac nature, want to be cheated. Thus, the Supreme Personality of Godhead sends great cheaters who mislead them in the name of yoga and render their lives useless and doomed. In the Bhagavad Gita, it is therefore clearly stated in the 16th chapter, verse 17, that rascals of self-made authority, being puffed up by illegally collected money, perform yoga without following the authoritative books. They are very proud of the money that they have plundered from innocent persons who want to be cheated.